Now, National has today announced it's going to fund 13 new cancer treatments if it's elected. The party will ring fence $280 million over four years for Pharmac to pay for lung, bowel, kidney, melanoma and head and neck cancer treatments. It will bring back the $5 prescription charge as well, but it's going to cap it at 100 bucks per family. And the National Party leader, Chris Luxon's with us now. Hey, Chris. G'day, Heather. How are you? I'm well, thank you. That $280 million over four years, is that extra funding for Pharmac? Well, essentially what it is, is the government's uh, removal of you know, making $5 prescriptions on target is $620 million. We're going to say, look, those that should pay, like Chris Hipkins and myself, should pay. Uh, and that money uh, generates the $280 million that we need to be able to buy the 13 cancer treatments that right. the Australians have that we don't have. So we, so we can say this is extra money that you're going to put in, in a way? Correct. It's in- incremental ring fence money that's going to Pharmac to deal with the cancer gap that we've got versus Australia. Because here's the problem, Heather. You know, we have a 15% higher mortality rate on cancer than the Australians do. And part of that is actually accessing those treatments and those drugs that can extend lives but also save lives. And that's what this is about. Um, how did you decide which drugs? Well, actually, it's the New Zealand Cancer uh, Control Agency that actually has determined that these are 13 cancer drugs available in Australia that would have substantial clinical benefit, as their language, um, that are funded in Australia but not here. So it's their decision about which drugs would have the most impact uh, for us at this point in time on, on improving our cancer outcomes. Those $5 charges, you're going to bring them back for families who can afford them. How will you measure which families can afford them? Well, what we're saying is, look, we we believe that we should make $5 prescription charges really targeted. And so you've got to make sure low-income Kiwis using the community services cards, superannuants and seniors using the super gold card. And then actually we're saying for anyone else, uh, individuals and or families, that if their actual prescriptions will be capped at $100, and if you spend more than $100 a year, uh, that will be free as well. And the, 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 the saving of almost, I think it's about $300 million, uh, actually that we save from that by actually making it targeted versus untargeted means that we can go and get a much better outcome for what are scarce health dollars and actually solve a problem that we've got, which is drugs that we should have and reasonably expect to have here in New Zealand. Are you just taking this back to the way it was before Labor scrapped the $5 fee? Uh, essentially, it's, it's essentially uh, as a, yes, it is. It is actually doing that. It's exactly saying, look, yeah. we don't think we should make it available to all. We keep the riders in place on low income seniors, and then for families with high use needs. And so, uh, I think that's entirely appropriate. Um, the reality is, anyone and everyone, if they do buy more than twenty prescriptions for their family, uh, that's when that hundred dollar cap gets kicked in, and they actually uh, get free prescriptions from that point onwards. But the bigger issue here is. You know, we have 25,000 Kiwis diagnosed with cancer. We have 10,000 that die from cancer every year, number one killer in New Zealand. And we have a 15% higher mortality rate than the Australians. And so we've got to close that cancer cancer gap. Part of doing that is actually making sure we get access to these drugs. What's your problem with Michael Woodhouse? Oh, no problem at all. Michael made a decision not to... Uh, oh, to come on, the... Chris. Come no, on. No, what happened? Did. No, he did. What no, happened? No, no, nothing happened there. Yes, it, it did. You people ranked him so low he wasn't going to come back as a minister. Why wouldn't you want him as a minister? No, I disagree with that. And I won't go into what number of ranking he actually had. But all I just say is we had a very, you know, we have 31 members on our list ranking committee. It was a very constructive process. I said we would make sure we modernise and, and get talent and professional skills that we need into that into that broader team. And I think we've got a great team to go to the election with. And I think people are seeing that with all our candidates as well. Was he given a list ranking that would have allowed him to become a minister? Uh, again, I, I separate the actual list ranking process, which is about the team that we take to Come the on, election, Chris. 
That's no, 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 ser- no, ser- nonsense. Everybody knows no, the no, list no. ranking for donkey, donkey's years, even before you were no, around. Okay. The list ranking always represents who's going to become a minister yeah. or not. No, what, what, what determines who becomes a minister is performance. And so that will be determined after the election. Um, and, that's, and I've been very clear with the caucus since I became the leader that actually decisions around who becomes cabinet ministers will become based off performance. And actually, I've given all 34 of my MPs spokesperson roles. So they all have an individual portfolio or set of responsibilities to look after. And they've all got opportunities over the last 18 months and, and continuing to do so to show me what they can do. And, 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 and that's going to be based off performance. Um, you know, you've, two separate decisions you've um, been, in my mind. You've been running your, your caucus like a, um, like, like a chief executive would run a business, right? So you've been sitting down with them and, and giving them feedback on, on their performances, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we try and have... And how was he performing? Because I heard you might have told him that he had some problems. Oh, no, I'm, I'm pretty direct with everybody about where I think what they think they're doing well and what I think they can do better. In Michael's case, look, he made a decision uh, that actually um, he wanted to withdraw from the list ranking. Good on him. He's had a fantastic career over 15 years in politics. He's been a minister in the key English government on some pretty big portfolios. Um, and as I said, you know, the list ranking for me is not about cabinet selection. That will come after the election. Uh, and it's an opportunity for everybody to demonstrate that, that they've got talent and they've got some performance. And most importantly, they've got the ideas to turn the country around and get it back on track and sorted, which is what has to happen. Did he just pack a tanty? Uh, again, I'm not getting into the specifics of it, Heather. Again, um, I respect his decision. Uh, he's completely entitled to it. It's a great legacy. Uh, it's a parliamentarian career over 15 years. Um, but I also think we've got a great team. We've got 75 great candidates. Uh, and we've got to go through a list ranking process. There will be many that will win their seats back. Uh, there will be others that actually we need to bring new skills, abilities and experiences to the team. And I'm pretty excited about that. Cool. Chris, hey, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. That's Chris Luxon, National Party leader. For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.